let's all be seated. I wish that song was a reality in every one of our lives. To have a heart that's pure, a spirit just like yours. It's, um, I wish that would happen in our lives. And I use the word wish, like uh, when I think it was John writing to Gaius, he says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, because a wish don't necessarily come to pass. And even the prayer might not come to pass, might not be fulfilled if it's prayed, not according to God's will. Today we are glad to be in church. I was looking at a scripture in Isaiah chapter 56, and um, I'll just use a few verses here and then I'll move on. Uh, the Lord says in chapter 56 of Isaiah, verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgment. Keep judgment. Uh, there are times when the word judgment, precepts, all of these would be used to describe the, the word of God and the commandments of God. Hold your finger in Isaiah chapter 56. And turn with me just for a moment to Psalms 119. And it is supposed to be the longest psalm in the Bible. Why I like this, this particular psalm, Psalm 119. And uh, to be able to receive and understand the Word of God adequately and to understand these messages... Uh, from your heart is um, not only to sit down and look at me like if I'm performing and you bought a ticket outside but um, it's to get your notepad get your Bible ready and write these scriptures down and anticipate what would be the next scripture I might want see I remember when I was um, coming up when I went to Des Moines the first time um, after I spent a little while in Hartford, Connecticut. And while I was in Hartford, Connecticut, um, just coming straight out of Guyana, 20 minutes preacher, you know, preach fire and hell and brimstone uh, to people and get them repent. Uh, well, I came on in, sat down in Connecticut for a while, and the sisters knew where to find the scriptures before me. I felt like less than a sister. Now I want every young man to listen to me. I felt less than a sister when they're asking for a scripture and I don't know which part of my Bible it's at. And you're sitting there in front of an entire congregation and the sisters in the congregation got the scripture before I did. So what I used to do is walk, get to the contents, table of contents, and keep that handy. And when they said, Hosea, I know which numbered quickly I, I find it. But you know, that lasted for six months and probably less because being embarrassed that the sisters in the church knew more of the scriptures than I did. And I was the, a preacher. I started to study the entire nights sometimes. I would study the messages I heard. 
And that is why when I ask you to get up and say something, I want to, I'm, you're under scrutiny. When I ask you to say something, well, Brother Singh is really empty and he needs some enlightenment. Excuse me coughing today because I had no allergy pill today. I said, let me fight it out because I don't want to come drowsy. And I'm sitting there and you think I'm hungry. So I ask you to get up to edify my soul and make me feel nice now. I'm getting, ask you to get up so you can, I can see where you stand and how much of the word of God you've got that I preach. That is important. And so when you get up and you speak, I will know if you're studying the word of God or you're not. You know, and on the 1st of July, they have a lot of firecrackers going up. It's Canada Day, isn't that right? And I never bought a firecracker in my life. I don't think I'll ever buy one. Not as a sin to buy one. But I never bought a firecracker in my life. One of these, they call them what? Firecrackers, right? But sometimes you buy a firecracker and you expect to see a big bloom of fancy colors. And you light it and it does not even go off. What is it called? What's the name they call that? That one is a dud. Everybody say dud. So when you get up and you have no fire, no word of God. I don't mean say fire, I don't mean screaming. But you don't have the word of God, you're dud. And I sat there and felt like a dud when the sisters in Connecticut in Hartford Church knew more than me. I could not let that happen. In less than six months, my knowledge in scripture started to jump 20% and then 30% and then it went to 90% and then it went 100% of what I knew before I came. And then it went way beyond 100% of what I learned in religion out there. And today I stand here because I, I feel the word of God is important. When I look at Psalms 119, almost every verse in this longest psalm has something to do with verse 1, walk, 2, the law, verse 2, testimonies, verse 3, ways. You said circle these words because I went through this psalm and found so many things to talk about the law of God, the principle of God, the precepts of God. Verse 5, statutes. Verse 6, judgments. You see, when you go down here, righteous judgment, verse 7. Statutes, verse 8. And you can go down, verse 11, beautiful one. It says, the word have I hid in mine heart that I might not... They talk about the word of God, the principles of God, the commandments of God. All Every single verse has something to do with principles. I love it. Amen. I love it. And so back here in Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 1, it says, Thus said the Lord, keep my judgments. That's my commandments. And do justice. Live when you keep the commandments not in your head, but in your heart, you will do justice. See, the Bible is meant to be lived. 
And last night and today, it seems like we're touching on a few things. Some of the things we are embracing right now, one is darkness. And the opposite to that is light. We talked about watchmen. We talked about virgins or bridesmaids. We talk about uh, these, these are things we're talking about. We'll talk about drunkenness. We're talking about the night. We're talking about the day. We're talking about being exposed to present truths. We're talking about not being on, coming under a deep slumber. And so when we're talking about all of this, it's about telling us and examining us and see where we stand. When you're exposed to the world and all that the world has out there, you are slowly getting intoxicated with the wine of the fornication that's out there in the world. And Isaiah starts out like this and he says, Thus saith the Lord, keep my judgments and do justice. For salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man or woman that do it, do it, not talk it, not preach it, not testify it, but live it. Amen. Do it, this judgment. Live according to God. See, over and over again, you'll find that in the, in the New Testament, Old Testament, it talks about light. Um, I have my fingers still in uh, Isaiah 56, and I'm moving, you know, moving across here to, I think I want Colossians, uh, Philippians, uh, Colossians uh, chapter 1. Uh, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae. Uh, did Paul start this church? No. no. Uh, but he's writing to this church at Colossae. And he says, um, since we heard, verse 4, of your faith in Christ Jesus, uh, he says, and of the love which you have to all the saints. Paul has heard of this. He said in verse Nine, he tells them, I heard again. You see, Paul was not there until later on, probably. But he says beautiful things there. He says that you might, verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. You're not just hearing messages, but you live it. So I told someone this week, uh, it's nice when I put a lesson in. To hear someone get up and repeat that lesson. And that's wonderful. I know you're studying what I'm preaching. Right? If I'm talking about Canada. And you get up to water that message. And you're talking about Australia. You're on a far island. But I can be preaching about Canada. You get up and tell me more than I say about Canada because you did your homework. But if you have never even traveled out of this province, you really don't have an experience with Canada. You're like me. Let me see, where did I go? I'm in Canada for 40-something years. 
1982 to now is 40 something years, right? And um, I've been in Canada for 40 something years. I've gone to Montreal. I've gone to Ottawa. You went more. You went to Alberta, right? That's it. I went to Montreal. What you did there? I went to for the word of God. Where else did you go? Well, I went to Ottawa because your sister is there. Went a visit with her one time. Had church the weekend, and then we drove after church. It was a nice storm, remember, uh, to visit Sachi in Montreal. Uh, Ottawa, sorry. And that's it. Do I really know Canada? Well, maybe statistically, but I've not really experienced it. Would be nice if we had nothing to do and we travel around and get to know this country. Um, I die and never know it. Somebody says, you ever went to Jerusalem? I will. In the resurrection. Amen. Make a trip. Or if the Jews get converted, I'll make a trip to Jerusalem to see how the Spirit of God is moving. Right now, they're a dud. Right now, Israel is a dud. We got to pray, oh God, revive Israel. It's dead. Why do I want to go see a funeral? I'm just getting anxious here. Um... So Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and here what this apostle says, that you walk worthy, verse 10, of the Lord, pleasing him in all areas of your life. Then into all pleasing, being faithful in every good work. When it comes to the work of God, good work, you're faithful, you're dedicated, you're committed. That is why when the Lord sent the seven last letters, the letter to the seven churches of Asia Minor, the first thing he said, I know your works. And then he comes on here, he says about God, verse 13, God has delivered us, everybody together, who had delivered us from the power of darkness. You see, we're coming back with the word darkness. So when we looked at that scripture last night in Matthew 24 and 25, we are looking at five virgins, five, ten virgins, sorry, ten bridesmaids. And because the Lord delayed his coming, even the wise ones were not so wise. They did not use the extra oil to light their lamps. They all slumbered and slept. And when I say I wonder if the church world is asleep, that's for your benefit and the benefit of my critics. I don't wonder the church world is asleep. And gospel assembly is in also deep slumber. And that is why we're familiar with the sports star and all these pagan celebrations. We bring it in and we glorify ourselves saying we're the body of Christ. And there, see, there I go getting into trouble for saying these things. 
We see when the when we have a meeting, we say the presence of God is here. When the presence of God is in a meeting, people get healed physically and spiritually. Children get saved, not because you're putting something on them, <clears throat> but because God's there. You don't need the band when the presence of God is there. Even the people in the band will come under the power of God. They can't even play. They lay their instruments down because God is there. But you got to play one song 40 times to keep the rhythm going. You're in deep slumber. The Catholics chant with their rosaries and we chant differently. May God help us. Paul made a statement. He says the night is far spent. Oh, I've got my finger in Colossians. i got my finger in Isaiah. And I'm turning uh, to Romans. I think it's Romans the 13th chapter. Uh, as Paul was concluding his, his letter to the church at Rome. In the 13th chapter of Romans. He said in verse 9. He says for this. Uh, he says, obey the law, owe no man anything, verse 9, verse 8, but to love one another. For he that loveth one another hath fulfilled the law. You fulfill the law of God, not ceremonial law, but you fulfill the law of God. How come? He says, for like this, you're doing, fulfilling the law like this. Thou shalt not commit adultery, fulfilling the law. Thou shalt not kill, fulfilling the law. Thou shalt not steal, fulfilling the law. And he goes down the whole thing. He says, love, verse 10, worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love, godly love, is fulfilling the law. And he went on here, he says, verse, uh, verse 11, and that knowing the time, that it is high time to awake out of sleep. Now, if Paul was alive here today, he'd be shocked to know that the church has gone back into sleep. Our religion was going on. We are doing all kinds of things. But if the world has a stronger influence on our lives than God has, we're in slumber. So we're talking about slumber. Why Paul? He says, let me read verse 11 again. He says, and that knowing that the time that now is the high time to awake, now is high time. I'm telling this church, now is high time to get out of your spiritual slumber. He says, to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. And this was 2,000 years ago. I wonder what he would say today. Verse next verse. Verse 12. He says, the night is far spent. And the day is around the corner. This darkness is about to end. And the Lord must come back this bright and shining light. And ever so often God will send light and light brightens the path of the people and it shows them their sin and hypocrisy. They repent, turn to God and before you know it, the devil comes on in. A spirit of darkness comes and takes over God's people once again. 
We're not coming out of the early church. We're coming out of apostasy, darkness. Darkness, the night. That which caused the ten wise, uh, the ten virgins to fall asleep. Even the smart ones fell asleep. Because it is easier to sleep than to stay awake. Somebody says, well, I don't, I don't sleep. Well, maybe at the night you don't sleep. You like to sleep in the day. You're mixed up. If you're listening to me today and you don't like to sleep in the night, but you like to sleep in the day, are you a watchman? Do you do night security? Well, you're mixed up. Say to yourself, if that's what you like to do, stay up all night and then sleep in the day, say to yourself, I am mixed up. The night is made for sleeping. Early to bed, my dad said to me, and early to rise, make a man healthy, leave the wealthy out, and wise, wealthy too. And so when we're thinking about darkness, and we're thinking about the world that we're living in, darkness is all around us. Darkness is to the right, darkness is to the left. And we do not have enough light to penetrate the darkness. If this was a group in the early church, all the neighbors would start attending church. But we don't have enough light to penetrate the darkness. And so Paul said here in, in, in Romans the 13th chapter and verse 12, The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. See, what you got to do, your responsibility is to find out what's light and what's darkness. All right? Cast off darkness. Turn off the radio if it's not light. Sometimes if it's more darkness. You see, this morning I went on Facebook and posted something about uh, that was posted years ago about children, raising children. And I made a comment. I said, don't expect the preacher in two hours on a Sunday to change what the parents have allowed their kids to be exposed to social media, the evils of social media, all the week. And then you bring them here, expect the pastor to save them. I can't save them. You've got to save them. And the kids have to want to be saved. Amen. Amen. And so we must understand these things. And uh, <clears throat> I might finish with Romans. I think so because the page is lost. So I'm back to Colossians. Uh, the first chapter of Colossians, Paul is writing here and he says, <clears throat> God, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He says that he has translated us and because he has translated us, we must walk in light and not in darkness. 
you were sometimes, verse 21, Paul says, you were sometimes alienated uh, and enemies of your mind by wicked wo works, but now he had reconciled you. And because he has reconciled you, verse 22, in the body of his flesh through his death to present you holy and blameless, blame and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. We must cast off the darkness. And so we are thinking about all of this. And so, uh, am I missing a scripture somewhere? Uh, did I finish all the scriptures I got? Isaiah. I knew I was looking at some scripture. And I can't miss this one because this is important. So you keep God's judgments. You do judgments. Uh, blessed is the man, verse 2 in Isaiah 56 and 2. That do it this... And the son that laid hold of it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it. And you know, when I'm reading this this morning, I'm thinking, how many of us pollute the Sabbath? Now, why are you saying we don't believe in Sabbath? Yes, we do. Every day is almost like a Sabbath. But our special day for coming to church and serving God is a Sunday. Now, listen to me. Our day for serving God is a Sunday. Never be late. Never be late. Because this is God's day. Rise up early in the morning on a Sunday. It's a special day. Today is a special occasion. It's like a Sabbath. So rise up early in the morning and pray. Take a shower. Get yourself ready to come to church. Never be late. Amen. Amen. Bring your entire family. And if any unsaved is visiting, visiting with you, bring them also. Amen. See, that's my principle in my house. If somebody come to visit with us. You're going to stay with us for a couple of days. We go to church. You got to come with us to church. Or go to a hotel. I don't like you. I don't like me too. So uh, don't worry about it. If you're going to be a stranger in your camp in Israel. The law had to govern the stranger as well as the people that live there. Amen. And so when we're thinking of this. Don't, don't pollute the Sabbath. It says, keeping the Sabbath from polluting it and keeping his heart from doing evil. You know, when Israel was in this condition, <clears throat> here was the problem. As you're in chapter 56 of Isaiah, I might as well touch on this a little. And here we go all the way down. Here was Israel's problem. Now listen to me for a moment. In Matthew 24, 25, the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins are bridesmaid. The darkness, because the bridegroom delayed his coming, for chapter 24 tells us that the servants, the preachers, starts to eat and drink with the drunkards. It does not mean they left church and went to the beer joint. Or the tavern. It meant 
They got nothing to do. Jesus is not coming back. We want some message to give to the people. So I must study some theology. I must get, you know, Arthur Pink or somebody else that's not a Pentecostal to give me some facts. Now, you know, sometimes these men out there, whether they're Christian or non-Christian, they might have some good things to say. I sometimes read some statements Gandhi made. <clears throat> he was not a Christian. Sometimes I read something that somebody out there make a statement that is wonderful. When Israel was in rebellion, uh, there was a false prophet called Balaam. Balaam. And have you ever heard a statement that the people shall dwell alone? You heard that? We preached that for many, many years, that the people shall dwell alone. You know who made that statement? Balaam did. He made a good piece of prophecy that the Bible records, even though God judged him and killed him under his God's judgment. Sometimes a <clears throat> man makes a beautiful statement out there and we can use it. But when we are building the church and building lives, we need men of God that God has approved. Otherwise, we are taking the intoxication of the world and bringing it into the church. And so when we read the, the parable of the ten virgins, five were wise and five were foolish, in the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel, we concluded <clears throat> that they all slumbered and slept except, you all tell me who didn't sleep? Well, <clears throat> have you ever pondered that if he was asleep, what would have happened? Have you ever pondered that if the man you hired to watch, I was told this little story, um, a watchman was hired to watch and he came to the boss the next morning and he says, boss, this is important that I tell you this, but I had a dream, bad dream about you last night. And you need to guard yourself. And so the man who hired him fired him. Because what were you doing dreaming? See, that's a watchman that did not watch. Now I stand up here and I say, I'm a watchman. What you're watching? Funny story. Man went to the pet store, bought a watch, watch dog. And. He sold it to this expensive homeowner and thieves broke in and stole everything except the dog. It's a parable. He went, took this man to the courts and the judge stood there and he says, did you sell this man a watchdog? And the pet owner says, pet store owner says, yes, I did. He says, and did, do you know that the thieves broke in and stole everything in this man's house and except the dog? He said, yes, sir, I do. Well, what can you say for yourself? yourself? He says, I sold him a watch dog. The dog sat and watched. The house broken into? The jewelry taken? Now that sounds like funny, right? Mm -hmm. 
It is not funny because a lot of us that stand in the pulpit, we are watch dogs that just watch. And ever so often, the church comes into a ridicule and a ridiculous position because the preachers go blind. And Israel suffered like that for many, many years. And here in chapter uh, 56 of Isaiah, in verse, uh, verse uh, 10, the Lord says, His watchmen are blind. Would that be sad if you get a blind watchman to watch out for you? When preachers go blind because they're so contaminated with the theology and the, and the wine of apostate Christianity, they can't lead God's people into spiritual light because they are in spiritual darkness. And that's what happened to the churches of Galatia. That's what happened to the church at Corinth. That's what happened to men that were supposed to stand with Paul. They became spiritually blind and they could not see. Amen. It is disastrous when most of the watchmen that we have today, all they live on is a dream they had in the night. And Isaiah said, his watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. I'm not saying it. Isaiah is saying it. They're all dumb dogs. They that cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down. Loving to slumber. See, apostasy... Spiritual darkness makes everyone comfortable in their hypocrisy. The church has lost its principles and people do whatever they want. No one respects the Sabbath. No one respects God anymore. We just serve God conveniently on a Sunday. And God, may I inform every one of us listening to this message, God does not want anyone to serve him at their convenience. We haven't gone on a vacation for a long time, Chandri. Or we are on vacation every day. But I remember when we used to go to Tampa for the Tampa meeting, Saying we are in Florida, we go on a vacation. We take a break. We need to take a break one day. When you get rich, uh, get a cruise or something for the entire family. All right? So we went to Tampa. We normally would go to Tampa. And when a meeting is over in Tampa, we get into our rented vehicle and drive all the way to Fort Lauderdale. And we drive all night to Fort Lauderdale, and when we get to Fort Lauderdale, we um, get on a little cruise ship, not a just a small one, it, you know, the, that rocks. And uh, uh, we get across there, and it takes about three hours trip uh, to Freeport in the Bahamas. And we stay in Freeport in the Bahamas. So Sunday night, we're there. India went with us, right? Wasn't it beautiful? 
Freeport was a beautiful, peaceful place. And we stay there. We're there on Monday. We're there on Tuesday. We're there on Wednesday. We're there on Thursday. And we're traveling back home on a Friday. Because we've got church on the weekend. Now I'm telling you about me. I'm the pastor. So I got to set the example, right? But on a Wednesday night, we breeze off. Do we? No. no. Wednesday night, I said, where there is a church here in Bahamas. And I remember the one night we went to that church. We saw a little church right there. And we went on in. And we sat. And you know, a sister was leading a prayer meeting up in front. She's walking up and down, uh, praying. And then the service started. <clears throat> and we're sitting at the back. And it was so nice when the pastor, whoever it was, leading the service tonight... He looked at the back. He says, welcome visitors. Because you like to see a lot of visitors coming, right? Uh, there's about five or six or seven of us. We're all at the back. And he said, welcome visitors. And he says, one look like a pastor. Isn't that good when somebody look at you and they think, no, you're a pastor? In spite of my Barbuda shorts? Muscle shirt? No. See, I went to the Bahamas a few times. One time we were sitting on the, on the beach. And while we are there, I'm sitting on the beach. A Rasta man passes by, Brother Raleigh. He could lend you some here because he was really Rasta. And he's passing by selling peanuts. And he passed by. And he's, the white folks on this side, don't know, Brother Joe, he sold them peanuts. And then he does not even look at me. He passes like this. And he goes to the other white folks on this side and sell them peanuts. And then he turned back to glance me and I said. So then the man comes over. I said, how come you're selling peanuts to everybody and you're not selling peanuts to me? You pass me. He looked at me, and here was what the man said. He says, when the Rasta look at you and see you with long sleeve shirt and long khaki pants, and you're sitting on the beach on a chair, the Rasta is wise. <laughs> he would not bother you because he know if he said peanuts loud, you'll call him back. He said, Rasta is wise. So I went on trips. But I never forsake God because I'm on a trip. Amen. Nothing is wrong with, with including some things in this world and enjoying this world a little. But don't ever exclude God out of all that you're doing. And here... Isaiah says, the watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. And so we're talking about the importance of understanding light. And seeing light as different from darkness. There could be such a blending in a twilight zone. That you're not sure what's light and what's darkness. Get out of the twilight zone. Recognize evil. And avoid it. Recognize light and move towards it. Amen. 
recognize godliness and travel to it. Recognize that which is ungodly and stay away from it. Be not drunk with spiritual wine. May God detox us. One last scripture. And I want you to turn with me to Songs of Solomon. And here Solomon is writing. And I'm going to close with this. Solomon is writing and he says in chapter 3. He says by night. By night. Let's spiritualize this as much as possible. By night. On my bed. Somebody says, well, you know what I'm saying? I got up this morning and I lie in my bed and I prayed. Last night when I went to bed, I lie in my bed and I prayed, oh Lord, Jesus, get up. Rise up. Uh, keep your mind on the Lord when you're on your bed. But don't let that be a lying down prayer. Move out of that comfort zone. By night. On my bed I sought him. And I found him. I sought him whom I so loved. I sought him. But I did not find him. It was night. On my bed I can't find him. So what must I do? They that seek me shall find me. Now I will rise. I will rise now. And go about the city. See the city is symbolic to the world out here. Mystery Babylon that great city. It's symbolic to all that's going on. Worldliness and entertainment. And I'm searching for the one whom my soul loveth. I went around the city. Did I find him? I saw him. Rise up. Went about the city. In the streets. <clears throat> in the broad ways. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Can you find the Lord in the broad ways? Answer me. No, I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. He's not in the city. He's not in the broadways. You can't just find him everywhere else. He says, I sought him, but I found him not. Let's see, verse 3. And while I'm going around searching for God, some watchmen got a hold of me. Has a watchman out there in religion got a hold of you? You'll be surprised to know how many preachers are taken up by the watchmen in the city. They got little books written by the watchmen in the city that do not understand truth like we do. Are you intoxicated by one of the watchmen in the city? And so the watchmen in the city that go about the city <coughs> found me. To whom I said, saw you him whom my soul loveth? They could not tell me where the one I really want to find is located. Because they feel everywhere Jesus is, 
And God is working in all the churches. And then this Solomon in verse 4. It was but a little. When I passed from the watchman. When I passed from the theology. When I passed from apostate doctrine. When I passed from religious customs and practices. When I passed from that. That I found him. Whom I so love it. I passed from then and I found him whom I so love it and I held him and would not let him go. May God help us today when we hear a message like we have been hearing to be able to recognize darkness, recognize the difference with light and darkness and recognize the dangers of apostate Christianity and may God direct us that we pass from these so when John was writing his letter, he says, uh, he said, um, I said last scripture, I'm just going to read this quickly here. In 1 John chapter 4, John writes, he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, not everyone that's a preacher out there in religion you need to believe. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirit, see whether they are of God. A lot of individuals say they have the spirit, try the spirit, see whether they are of God. You sit in a convention, don't just be a hippopotamus, open your mouth and swallow everything in your heart. No, try the spirit. Understand, but you can't understand if you yourself is held in bondage. Right. He says, try the spirit, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. He says, um, hereby know we the spirit of God. And then he goes on. He says there, you're of God, little children, verse 4, and have overcome them, that is, the spirits, the watchmen in the city, because when the watchmen go blind, the, the, the work of God that they're looking over has no future. You need to pray for your pastor more than you ever did, because if I go blind, you're doomed. May God help us not to lose our spiritual vision. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for this service. Help us, O God, as watchmen. Help us, pastors, O God, in this fellowship and around the world that we will not lose our spiritual vision. We'll not go blind, but we'll maintain our understanding, Father, let not the darkness overpower your people, Father, we pray. Guide us, we pray. Help this assembly and help everyone listening to us today. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen.